0: Today's episode of The Watch is brought to you by Mack Weldon. With a smart design, premium fabrics, and a simple shopping experience, Mack Weldon underwear is definitely better than whatever you're currently wearing. In addition to looking and feeling great, all Mack Weldon products are crafted with natural fibers that have built-in performance capabilities, so they work hard too. They even have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor. All that and they are shipped right to your door. And if you don't like your first pair, you can keep it. And they will still refund you, no questions asked. I gotta say, my favorite thing going right now are solid color MacWeldon t-shirts. They are, like, really, really, really key to my ever-developing wardrobe. So don't just go there for the underwear, guys. Like, there's some basics there you can cop. Go to MacWeldon.com, and you get 20% off your first purchase using promo code WATCH. Support for today's episode of The Watch comes from Hotel Tonight, an awesome app for finding and booking great deals at great hotels. No crashing on air mattresses in your childhood bedroom this year. Instead, lock down your holiday plans with Hotel Tonight. Book a room for up to seven days in advance everywhere and up to 100 days in advance in certain major cities. Or wait until the last minute if that's more your speed. You can make a break for it when Uncle Tony starts talking politics. Whether you need a room for tonight, the holidays, or beyond, you definitely want to download the Hotel Tonight app.
1: <laughs> Sneaky sneak is, is on your fucking list <laughs> yeah. and Game of Thrones is not?
2: You're getting you- this, right? Out of your
1: fucking mind?
2: I need
1: sports to have to clear the room. Stand up and walk. Now. Hello, and welcome
0: to The Watch. My name is Chris Ryan. I am an editor at TheRinger.com, and joining me in the double R diner, it's Andy Greenwald and Sam Esmail! Uh, Wow. An annual occurrence.
1: An annual occurrence. It feels good, doesn't it, when he does that with your voice? This is Sam Asmell. Colin the return. Yes, right? yes. But
2: as I said to you when you came in, when we release it on Blu-ray, right. it will inexplicably have a different name. It'll be Sam Esmail, okay. a limited event series. I accept that. Okay.
0: Sam has joined us now two years running. He's made inter, you know, intermediate. He's he's shown up on the pod before, but this but is
2: this is, a, this is this is our
1: thing. It's a tradition. This is our tradition. Yeah, I feel like we in should person.
0: have Frank Sinatra's Christmas album playing in the background while this happens. Hey. Maybe Bruce Bruce Willis crawling around in the air ducts. It's a Christmas tradition. It's Sam Esmail. It's the best in TV episode. But top ten in shows of the year episode. We each
2: have our lists, mm-hmm. but we've but been we, checking them. We gotta talk about this for a second. Absolutely. Okay.
1: Yeah. You know I listen to you guys every week. Very generous. Yes. You have some notes. I I do I do. You speak I, I, for I, the fans. I here. keep saying talk TV, and then <laughs> and then what do you guys do? You you guys spend half a podcast talking about the new U two album. I am not sure how many people out there are interested in the critical analysis of the new YouTube but we're finding Excuse out. me,
0: Mr. Robot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yeah? That's good. good do more. <laughs>
1: no. Here we go. Here,
2: we do a lot of these. Yes. We do a lot of podcasts. You do. You and do. sometimes we have to follow our news. there's a muse. lot of TV, guys. Yeah.
0: There's the a lot problem. of TV. So we're adjusting to a new reality, though. And this yeah. is a good thing to talk about about your okay, television in general. Let's do it. Okay. Is that we're kind of adjusting to the idea that nobody is watching the same show at the same time anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least... From our perspective, it seems like when we started doing podcasts together back in 2012, 2011, 2012, January 12, uh, there were five, six shows that were central to passionate TV fans' everyday right. life. They usually were broadcast on Sundays, and and
2: they were staggered throughout the year. And they were staggered right.
0: throughout the year, so we could go from Mad Men to where Breaking it was like Bad, a, yeah, to... exactly. And that over time, and now especially this year with t- shows being dumped all at once, Twin Peaks episodes being put up two two at a time, shows that go on hiatus for three months for no ex- like real reason, like good place. Mm-hmm. You have all of this dispersed viewing going on. And I think that for as much as we obviously are very passionate about the shows that are on our lists, and we did really, I think we hit Twin Peaks the most this season. Yeah. If we just sat there, and with the exception of Thrones, if we just were like, you know what, we're just going to do another episode about about uh mindhunter this week i just think the people who weren't watching mindhunter would listen to the podcast
1: well maybe that's true but the, i like the way you guys broke down stranger things too. you broke it down into three sections right you talked about you talked about it before you saw it then you bro- broke it down you know after you saw it in, in chunks i would argue that Stranger I Things. too i'd is love one of that you monocultural shows we have oh come on you could have done that with mindhunter which is a so. great which is a great show. I agree with you. My dudes. The the thing that I'm trying to really okay. just underline here, no one cares about the new YouTube. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm really getting at. Wow. We got to talk about what's going to be on this list. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. And one of the things Chris, who I deeply respect and admire. Clearly. He talked about how you said something, I don't want to paraphrase, but something along the lines of you're you're going b- purely based on comfort, oh yeah. entertainment. Entertaining, right? Yeah, right? Pleasure,
2: the pleasure. pleasure principle.
1: I'm I'm going to make a confession. Okay. Right now, I watch Vanderpump Rules. Wow. I watch it every. I look forward to it every week. <laughs> wow. I'm so so excited that it's back. I had no idea. I, I, I went. I really fanboy on one of, on one of the cast members. Two of the cast members uh, that I saw at the party a few weeks ago. <laughs> I enjoy it immensely. Yeah. But it's not going to be on my top ten list. Yeah, Chris.
0: well, is not on my top ten list.
1: But that's my point. I love watching so baseball. There's a distinction. There is a distinction. It cannot just be because right. it gives you the fuzzies. Vanderpilt it has to be more than that. And
0: Survivor, although I, Survivor is intellectually stimulating, I watch Rachel someone. Maddow every night. Right. Well, I would not. That, I mean, like that's a different <laughs> that's kind of entertainment, though. That's, <laughs> right.
1: But I, again, I just think that we gotta like. What's our criteria here? Because it, you know, entertainment versus. A lot of the shows that are on my list, it's
0: not about whether or not it's an IV drip of painkillers to get over what's happening in the world. Like, I don't want to make it sound like that. And it's not about I am just a little bit in a zone right now where I need the shows to get out of the blocks and start being what they are and have a degree of zip to them and a degree of like self-assurance. And it's not like, okay, well, we're going to we're going to just keep dragging our feet and this is. We're still in sort of figuring it out mode. I just enjoyed shows that were what they were on arrival.
2: So you're and talking that, on, a, on a formalist level. You are tired of the construction, the familiar-by-now construction of a dramatic season on television in that, this that, that's, current well, age. Well, we'll
0: find out. And, I think that I, I take Sam's point. I don't know necessarily, I, and I know what he's talking about on my list, but I also don't think hmm. that – I think that I have reasons for each individual show to be on there beyond, oh, uh, it's just what, entertainment. What I
2: think, and I realize now why you stabbed me here because I'm going to be um, – You're, the, you're I'm, the mediator. I'm, I'm going to try to bring you guys together. I think that what Chris wants and what Sam wants too – in television shows, particularly new ones, was best put by Bono on track five of Songs of Experience. You want them to get out of your own way. (laughs) So in a way, everything we do is about television. You're just not listening. Right.
1: Look, I'm not trying to say that shows shouldn't be entertaining. I just think... That can't be the only reason. Not for this list. Not yeah. not yeah. when there's okay. so much good TV out there.
2: Let's let's pivot on that point before we get into our lists. This year and what was this year in television for you? Was this a good year? Was this another year of plenty? Or did you start to see any cracks in the in the machinery? I thought it
1: was a I thought it was a good year good year until I started making my list. And I have to say I struggled a little bit. I in don't filling the list? Yeah.
0: So finding ten shows or feeling like the shows that you were well, on the I'm list saying
1: that having having said that, I have a tie for the for number ten. So You're clearly, I I didn't have a problem a filling cheater, the list, cheater. but I I would I you know I think we talked about this last year where did I feel that there was like a masterpiece? Mm-hmm. This year, I can say yes, yeah. yes, and that that's my number one. That's my number uh, number one on my list. But I ju- I don't know if I, I was really kind of like I'm uh, in. You know, I would watch a show; I'd love it, and they they're on mm-hmm. my list. And then, as time went on, did it stick? So, do you
2: think that that that's a matter? Did it stick the landing? Is it a matter that, that of
0: volume? Is it because there was so much? There was no. always another show competing for your brain, and you didn't get to digest. It's, it's, it sounds things? like
2: you're saying there were a lot of Bs and B pluses. That's okay. what and I'm not saying. Yeah. That, I would, I would, I would actually what, agree with that. Yeah, that's because what I'm saying. throughout the year, there was a a lot of people on on Twitter, which is basically the Algonquin Round Table of TV criticism. Mm. Um, in so many ways it's elevated discourse, but particularly a lot of TV critics throughout the year were saying, um, you know, it's April and I already have 20 possibilities for my list that how difficult this is going to be to narrow it down this year. Um, I didn't find it difficult. I think there were many good to find to good shows, but when it came time to making a top 10, I think there were three masterpieces and then a big drop off and then things that I really, really, really liked, which is no shame in that. Mm -hmm. But I, I did not struggle making, I,
1: I, I would struggle making top 20 and i and you know look i read a lot of reviews and I, and I, and i look at critics and especially when they publish their list everyone's like clamoring that it's tough to just whittle mm-hmm, it down to mm-hmm. 20 um i don't i don't think i could do that i don't i don't know what they're talking about and then i look at their lists and i'm like okay clearly we disagree on a mm. lot um yeah i just you know i always go you know i did you guys do your michael clayton Episode? We didn't know
0: we did You're We did a Zodiac Rewatchables that. that's going up this week.
2: And we talked about Michael Clayton on an episode of Sean Fantasy's podcast, The Big Picture.
1: Maybe it's just that year, the year in which 2007. 2007, yeah. 10 years ago, actually. Yeah. Uh Michael Clayton, there will be No blood. Country for Old Men. Maybe that's just not you can't expect that every year in anything, you know? I and mean, it's just that's yeah, just that's more of the exception than the rule. We've also been talking about
0: television. Obviously, there's been television criticism for 40 years or however long it's really been going. But we've been talking about television in a very specific way, probably for six or seven years now. Mm -hmm. And I wonder whether we're entering that period where, um, you know, if you read like 1970s New Yorker film reviews, they'll just be like, man, get this shit out of here about like Rosemary's baby, (laughs) you know? And it's, (laughs) it's like we, we are starting to develop a a Canon. We have ideas about what shows should accomplish Men, you know in our intellectually and emotionally yeah to be considered our
2: standards are very high
0: great yeah and and i think our standards are really
1: i high. think that's I, what's happened yeah
2: one question for you sam um and we should say you actually laid down a request that when we had this discussion and we made our list that you requested that we no, not discuss no family talk and you know by and, the and, way and, and that means
1: no shameless no mr robot right. no you two no you two right that's fair. I, I, and
0: by the way, way I have nothing pushed, against you, too. We push
2: back on the third point, but we finally yes. Okay, I,
0: I will I, just I, need to I, step aside because Bono is going to surprise you and say, like, Mr. Robot's <laughs> <your> favorite show. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of wondering whether or not, I, in the same way that we're talking about television watching being a little bit siloed off, maybe happening in these smaller groups rather than as, like, a massive big conversation about certain touchstones, which I think that there's pros and cons to mm-hmm. both to both kind of states of, of watching. I think more people are seeing more different stuff and more different kinds of stories are being told, which is ultimately like a really good thing. But I was wondering whether or not creatively you think about making a show in the same way you thought about it four, three, four years ago. Like, do you think about how it's being received in any different way? Like, you think about like the late 60s and when people were making rock albums that were definitely right. like answers to this and challenged by Pet Sounds, we're gonna do this, and I think that there was a sense, maybe. I mean, this could be just us ascribing an importance to like the stuff we were watching, but people were watching Breaking Bad and being like, "Holy shit, the the bar is raised, man! Like, I I want to do
1: this." Well, yeah, I I do remember seeing Breaking Bad and thinking to myself, "Oh man, that's one story mm-hmm. that wasn't like because I think even even prestige TV prior to that, like the and I'll say the Sopranos or the Wire mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or um. Um, uh, Dexter any of those other shows there there was like a season-long arc and there was this you know and, and so it's kind of procedural in a season seasonal kind yeah. of way mm-hmm. um, but Breaking Bad was no this is one story from beginning to end and of course they had their kind of different objectives every season but it it felt like a very cohesive thing um, so that I mean obviously that that inspired me because I, I was writing Mr. Robot as a feature at the time, and so I was trying to tell one story. And so the adaptation to TV was. I was encouraged by the fact that Breaking Bad uh, did that so well. But at the same time, like, yeah, I do think there's a competitive thing. Like yeah. I, I'm friends with uh, Noah Hawley. He fucking pisses me off because he's so fucking good. Right. I mean, he's fucking great. And 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 then he come and then he does it. He not only was he great in Fargo this season but then he does an incredible show Legion this this season and that's because he hires the right people I mean yeah Yeah. exactly (laughs) 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 Um, but yeah there's definitely uh, an attitude of like well yeah I want to top him I want to beat him um, but in a in in the most respectful you know sort of uh, uh, sportsmanship kind of way but like yeah I think I think that exists but I think that's great I don't you know I think that's healthy we should get into it.
0: Yeah, let's get into our list. I think one thing that we could do is just go from bottom to top. Okay. You know, and I think that we're obviously going to want to save some time to talk about our, the top end, especially as Sam pointed out. There, I I think that I, we would all. Would you agree that there was some separation? That this is a top-heavy year.
2: And yeah that uh, Yes, I mean, I think that there, as we go through it, but I, as I said, I think my top three. I, I, if I just had to pick. I could just pick top three and be and comfortable And be like, with this it. is
1: what I think. Can, can I just hear? also say, I haven't seen a lot of shows. Like that's fine. I, I don't think, that's the thing. But can I just mention them so that the, you know, so that. You want to cover some bases. I sure. want to cover
2: some bases. Because you can't sure. commit to your top I ten. I haven't you just seen wanna...
1: all of Smilf because okay. all of Smilf hasn't aired, but yeah. I Love it! I love what I've seen so far. I'm
2: also Team Smith.
1: I think it's great. Um, I've seen a couple episodes of Dark, and Mm. I really love it. Interesting, yeah. Um, But that that I haven't seen Godless. Um, I don't know what uh, those are. The three there's a that bunch I, of stuff out. I, yeah. mean, I haven't
0: gotten a chance to watch the Crown yet. I haven't marvelous
1: watched Mrs. Maisel. Mrs. Maisel. Mrs. Maisel, and I love Rachel Brosnahan, but I, but I haven't I haven't seen that
2: show. Anyway,
0: no, that's that's a good point. Is there any stuff like that? Like that I, want... I feel that way. I mean, obviously, Black Mirror is not coming out until the end of the year. Yeah, I've, technically... I've got I've
2: got a big one that might even be on your list, and we it's a, it's a blind spot we haven't been discussed. Which I didn't one? watch Better Call Saul this year. Oh wow. Wow. I just didn't watch it. Yeah, and I look forward to watching it. It's always good. And maybe it says something about my relationship to the show, or the blood of television, or that you know I, I had a baby yeah, right so when that I show came out. But it's worth mentioning. But, but I just like, didn't watch it. This and, is
0: our like top ten list of of the stuff that we liked and the stuff that we wind up having to like watch. But we uh, enough
1: teasing. We got to yeah. get into it.
0: Let's get into it. So number ten, Sam. What's your number ten?
1: Uh, so this is my tie. I always have one Unbelievable. tie. Unbelievable. So you have um, Legion. You. Okay. Thanks to you, Andy. Yes, yeah, I. You did thing, such a great job. So, it's can you very talk a little clear. bit about how you created the X-Men? <laughs> I think that's a great question. I appreciate you phrasing it to me that way.
2: Um, go on. I, I can say I can say nothing. I was happy to be a tiny part. No,
1: I think I, I mean look. The reason Legion was my number ten, and then I kept thinking about the Keepers, which
2: was also great. Um, Once again, I was going to say you always stick documentaries, out I here.
1: because I think when they're so well made and so uh, sort of artfully executed, as well as kind of really telling this grippy, gripping, grippy, gripping, uh, thrilling uh, story, mm-hmm. um, as as fucked up and controversial as it was, um, I I I I had to give it some. You know, I wanted. Yeah, anyway, it made an impression on me, and it was one of those uh, shows where I could not stop watching it. Mm-hmm. I started it from beginning to end. And by the way, I think we should flag that. I mean, Some of these shows, obviously, you couldn't binge, but I'm kind of curious what your uh, – when, when we do yeah. get to those shows, what your sort of binge relationship was because sure. I think that Great. speaks a lot. And uh, also
0: it really deeply impacts how the shows resonate with you, I think, because that's one of the problems with binging is that, yes, you can – ingest it all at once but sometimes people will watch three and then life happens and you're like oh man it's been like three weeks and i don't really yeah. remember what happened right. on the third episode so i have to like watch the last 20 minutes of that but never mind i'll just watch something new and it's just like stuff gets screwed up that right. way yeah
1: um but but the keepers for me was one of those things where i had to burn through it immediately so that so it's a so it's a it's a close tie between Keepers and Legion, okay. number 10.
2: We, You mentioned my number 10, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Amazon. I love it, the show. I think it's delightful. I think it, it, it brings me great joy to watch it, which I think, you know, not to steal Chris's bit, but I just think it's just impeccably done and a star-making performance. I've said it before. I'll say it again. There are some shows that only work if you find the right person to play the part. Sam, you lived through this. It's hard. It's impossible to imagine your show yeah. without Rami in the lead, but also the perfect kind of TV star-making in that we'd seen him before. He was he was memorable, but we didn't know what he was capable of. I feel that way about Rachel Brosnahan. Absolutely, she, Mrs. she
1: is a memorable actress. I have i I think I've only seen her in House of Cards, mm-hmm. but she definitely made an impression. So it's good 10, to hear that. Yeah. the shows
0: great. Number ten for me was Sneaky Pete uh, on Amazon. Sorry. I think that's a good call. That
1: show is underrated yeah well, michael Drayer, my boy michael dray is it on that fills oh yeah. the
0: uh it felt it filled the justified uh hole in my life uh so it's graham yost was the showrunner on this really good Rubizi performance and i am a sucker for con men uh stories mm-hmm. i just think that they lend themselves to really really awesome drama because you've got actors who are already playing a part playing multiple parts mm-hmm. to, to like to pull, pull one over on somebody and th- this is random but Somebody who I've always really loved, who I think never really has gotten, like, the Credit they deserve as mayor in Ireland. Could I could not her agree more. In a play in New York, like a really long time ago, off Broadway, and I was always like, "Man, she's awesome!" And she was on Homeland for a while. She was
2: terrific in a small part on Homeland. Yeah,
0: and so she is the the it, one of the leads in in this show. And if if you're just like hanging out over the holidays, it's really entertaining. You could actually probably watch it with your dad or your mom, and they'll probably be like, "This is this is close enough to like a CBS show." Well, is it well, a
2: procedural? Well, well, remember it's fascinating because this was a show yeah. that was developed for CBS. CBS. The pilot was made for CBS. CBS passed amazon picked it up and so you see it transform the
0: the pilot is a cbs show and then the rest of it is like a really good hbo cinemax showtime okay so it's
2: totally serialized
1: okay
0: yeah
2: all right back to you number nine because you did the thing where you had a tie but then you still had like 11 shows you didn't remove yeah okay
1: so this is nine uh oh better things better things did you guys see better things i did what did you guys think of better things
2: I admire and respect it.
1: Are you? Are wait a minute? Is are we? Do do we want to talk about the elephant in the room with better things? Sure, we
2: can. Sure, but
1: is, is that why? No, I no not at all. I no, 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 no. No, no.
2: just have never been the biggest Pamela Adlin fan. Oh, interesting. Um, it's just a, it's just a personal taste thing. And no disrespect against her many abilities and the writing, but I just I was just didn't love watching the show.
1: Wow. And same
2: same with you, Chris.
0: Yeah, I don't know that I. I think I have like a full tank of of like personality driven dramedies, you know, right now. Right. And
1: uh, I. You know, so you have, you have you tried it or you just? I did. You, yeah, I
0: watched. I think I, I know that the second season really got like apparently much better as it went on. It's so good, yeah. and yeah,
1: she directed every episode, and the filmmaking is so singular and. Um, and so well crafted. And um and then it gut punch punches you with emotion when you least expect it. Um and for a comedy, I still think that's a really hard thing to do. I think there's a lot of comedies that try and do it. Yeah. Um, and I still feel like I can see it a mile away, but uh Better Things just does does a great job of surprising me. And I I I can't speak highly enough of the filmmaking. I mean, she is just the kind of the images that she captures are just beautiful and another thing you don't really
2: see a lot in do, do you have an elephant comment because the strange thing about the show of course is the weird louis limbo C.K. that is, louis ck yeah. situation has put the show in it's clearly her show and yet he is very he was very it, it was not like one mississippi where he produced it louis well, co-wrote he a, no, lot he covered a lot of these episodes
0: i mean she was like he put his name on it right this is my show i think for pamela he
1: was no he yeah. was he was in there and um i i think i you know i'm not gonna say anything uh new i think you guys kind of spoke to this it's hard to separate uh the work and you know and what he's done and um and clearly what he's done is horrific and terrible and um and I, you know, have past that, I think it's weirdly disrespectful to even kind of uh, talk about it on the same playing field because it's not, it's not equal. You know, and who also cares the, about this shit. One of the um, worst
2: outcomes, though, of this, um, and I, when I would, say this
1: shit, I mean our top ten list. When it comes right, to certainly, it but but I think that what's it, going on
2: out there for all the necessary correctives that are happening in entertainment and other industries, Pamela Adlin's show should not be a casualty of. It. Absolutely, and let, and let's hope that's not the case. Yeah. I, I can't imagine it would be. No. That's your number nine. The Good Place on NBC, yeah. um, and that also includes the end of the first season because it had that strange gap um, sure. that you mentioned due to football. Yeah, it's off the air again now, but you know, it, it's one of those things where, God, he, Mike Schur knows how to make good TV shows, and he hires great writers, and he has an incredible cast, and it is both deeply pleasurable and joyful in a way that network sitcoms can be, but aspires for more. I mean, I think it's actually a brilliant um, experiment. In, you think
1: this season's better than the first?
2: I'm not sure yet. I I think it's been great. You know, we also have our other, your rival for unofficial third host, Jason Manzoukas, is on it. So we have a (laughs) little bit of obligation to the show. He's hilarious. But uh, I I think that... He's better. I think the ambition of the show in particular should be championed not just the Ted Danson and Kristen Bell are treasures, but the fact that he's trying to create, he's trying to respond to the serialization of TV. And the big questions that TV generally has been asking in the drama space and put it on a network sitcom while also being entertaining and making it 21 and a half minutes. I think that's incredibly ambitious and challenging and
1: rewarding. What is your favorite Ted Danson performance?
2: Um, CSI, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was that's really, really when he was call, at his. Good call. Um, no, I mean, well, there's. I have one. I have one. Cousins. Damages. I was going to bring up damages? That was That's an amazing yeah, Great. That would be my
1: close second. I, Fargo I, season two? I'm kind of blanking on the name of the show.
2: Cheers. No. <laughs> Becker? It's a barroom comedy set in Boston. No. Uh,
0: is it the Zach Galifianakis?
2: Yes. Yeah. Bored, uh, to Bored, Bored to death. Bored to death. Great.
1: I mean, I fucking loved him on that show. Yeah. He's just the he, greatest television so actor, vers- though. Yeah. Right? I, mean, I love him on, on Curb. I mean, I think he's great on career. I mean, he's just always great. I don't know if Fargo... But, but Damages was great because it wasn't comedic at all. No. Damages it was, was pretty dark. Damages was
0: ahead of its time on a couple of things. Like, it was... In terms of, of tone, it was really excellent. I know that, you know, those guys made Bloodline, and Bloodline sort of flew off the tracks in the second season once they had Ghost Mendelssohn involved. But <laughs> uh, they make really taut psychological thrillers in, at like a very high level and yeah. in the 90s they would have been doing like Curtis Hansen style movies right. but they kind of now mm-hmm. do these these really cool thrillers my number nine yeah was uh, Big Little Lies representing um, the culture there
1: did People you ever did you ever finish it I didn't I Then didn't. you don't care to uh,
2: I'm kind of interested in season two now that Andrea Arnold's directing it I think that's incredibly cool um, that is cool Talk talk about it. Talk on it. Yes.
0: Um, a wonderful mix of comedy and drama and a a lovely mix of melodrama and actual adult emotional drama, you know? So it had enough, are they going to find this guy and what's going to happen with, you know, the various mysteries that were going on in terms of this Alexander Skarsgård character and the the sort of threat that he posed. Um, but also had like an incredible sense of humor. And I thought Reese Witherspoon gave like a, you know, kind of up there on the, on the Reese Witherspoon Rushmore in terms of capturing everything that's incredibly charming about her in a, in a role, but not like something that we had seen her do before. And I really, really thought I talked about shows that knew what they were as soon as they were on, there was something incredibly, Uh, satisfying about seeing something that had such an an assured sense of what where it was set what these people were about what these people were doing and obviously it has a degree of like uh you know it it feels the way santa barbara feels to like look out and just be like oh this light is quite nice and you know it's (laughs) like i really enjoyed this glass of wine
2: i also think it's worth saying these are subjective lists in our personal taste if we were for whatever reason, if we were like the Grammy nominating committee and, you know, we wanted to recognize you two and then after that we had four more slots to fill. <laughs> if we were making an objective list, yeah, yeah. even though I didn't finish the series, hard to think of of a show more successful in what it set out to do and then what it did and the response that it got than yeah. that show. I mean, it, I thought Alison um, Herman for The Ringer wrote a, a smart piece about it saying that 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 of all the shows to pluck out of this year and suggest what TV is sort of headed for in a lot of ways, I think Big Little Lies is a is a harbinger of a lot of things to come.
1: I don't. I don't. What does that mean? Big I star, mean, big star, a, blockbuster, oh, okay. blockbuster
2: TV, not sure. Santa Barbara Light, although right. it is charming. Right, right, right. Okay, we're back to you. So that we've done. We're at
1: eight. We're at eight. Yeah. Well, so mine is Better Call Saul, which you did not see, mm-hmm. and I and I actually want to comment on that because what I love about Better Call Saul, and actually this is probably I'm going to say. Low on the entertainment mm-hmm. uh, radar because I, I don't know if I'm having a ball <laughs> watching Better Call Saul. <laughs> yes. Doctor View is fascinating, <laughs> um, but it is so well crafted. Yeah, the writing, the filmmaking, the performances—it's so nuanced. It's so uh, uh, emotionally layered. Um, it's so creative in in how it tells a story. Um, I don't think they care about entertaining you at all? Yes, I are th- past I, I, that. Yeah, that
2: was probably why. I didn't, one of the reasons why I didn't fire it up again this year. And,
1: and so, yes, my joy level is not uh, at, at peak. And and honestly, if if they did care about that, I think Better Call Saul would be up there with mm-hmm. uh, Breaking Bad for me. But, um, but yeah, because of that, I, I keep it low. But th- I mean, I, I actually give credit to them that it's even breaking my top 10 given... The fact that I actually don't necessarily think I'd say I enjoy watching it.
0: So is it a matter of respecting it then, more than finding well, Or do you look, eventually get used to the rhythms of it. And you're like you guys. Well, because you to you're also you're a writer
2: director too, right?
1: No, I I watch it every week. Yeah. And so let me let me say this. It's not that I let it pile up and it's sure. h- homework. You know, it's nothing like that. um, um but uh. But yeah, there's just not that level of excitement that I need to know what happens next. Uh, and that that is actually kind of an essential thing of, of storytelling. Um, I don't know if it's grabbing me in that way, but that's... Primarily a choice that they're making because they they are very methodical and uh, and and their pace is very deliberate in terms of how they're going to uh, unravel the story. But at the same time, uh, you know, it, you can I guess I, I do find joy in the in and just how well crafted it is. What's, your, What's your? Go ahead. Insecure. Nice. And I think I it's haven't secure, seen it. I
2: think Insecure is a beautiful show. The direction back. is incredible because it
1: looks great to me, it, but I, I just haven't seen it yet. It's
2: Funny. It's emotional, but also. We definitely, just in general in culture, we overweight debuts. We pay more attention to the flashy new thing. One of the great pleasures of TV is this show that shows that take a leap in the second season. Um, Insecure season one was good. Insecure season two is close to great. And all of a sudden these people who were really enjoyable in the first season are stars. Like I think Issa Rae is incredible. Jay Ellis had a big coming out season as Lawrence, Yvonne Orji. I think we can call her friend of the pod. Sure. She did our live show with us as incredible as Molly. Um, it is just, it's an exhilarating show. When you see, th- when when some of the bones that it's playing with are familiar from rom-coms, shows about LA, shows about young people, but it's being told in a different way and crucially being told about people that usually don't have these shows about them. It
1: kind of sucks. You're, you're, you're right to say that if a show doesn't come out, uh, you know, come out of, storming out of the mm-hmm. gate in its first season and as they build and get better in the second season, it it's it's hard for them to get that traction. Yeah. It's it's Especially crazy. Now. Um obviously breaking I mean there are exceptions like breaking bad being yeah, the, but it's, it's, the biggest it's one. But time. But, that, yeah. but that's yeah. just yeah. a rarity now. Yeah. Sad. Uh
0: number eight for me is Young Pope. Uh I think I, can you mean I, one of the years three
2: uh, masterpieces.
0: You, I think I admired it more than I loved it. You know, and I and I think that I really appreciated how it resonated with people, both obviously on a deep artistic level, but also just became such a, like a meme factory and everybody was just like having such a great time making young Pope jokes. Um, I think I know what it's about. I, I don't know that what it's about is always in the pudding. You know, I think, uh, I think people. The head of the Catholic
2: church <laughs> is not as old as you may expect him to be. Yes. It's right there, man.
0: It looked incredible. It it looked like it cost Fifty million dollars to make. I thought 50 was fantastic. How many lira though? Um, but it's it, you know, and it, it obviously made my top ten. I just don't know if it ju- if it was as as meaningful to me as it was to you. So I want to let you talk
2: about yeah, it. I want to see what Sam was going to say. Well, I, I, I made you watch it. I browbeat you about it. No, no, no. I I
1: wanted to watch it, and then I didn't finish it. And it, it's 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 weird because given what my number one choice is, but I'll say this: I just couldn't. Hold on to anything. I didn't understand what the hell was going on in any way, and it, not in an enjoyable way. Mm-hmm. So I'm not necessarily asking for any narrative logic. Again, evidenced by what will be my number one choice. But um I needed
2: something, and I wasn't sure where. For, for what it's worth, where I, to hang on to. I do think the the meme factory. Jude Law's, I that can't believe he's smoking. That stuff annoyed me, actually. I, that, that
1: stuff turned me on. That was
2: earlier in the series. It took a turn that's, I was already, you know, you guys know I was in love with the show sure. just from Jump, but yeah. the end actually became quite um, emotional. I think it, it tethered itself to something a lot more profound in the end that was, I think, always there, but not evident to everyone. It's a strange year, where, because generally I want to be an advocate for TV as TV, for TV that is the creation of you know, singular minds and talents, but you know, that follow certain rules, or that conform to certain shapes and are serialized in a certain way and tell some kinds of stories, maybe in surprising ways. But my top two are completely auteur television shows Sorrentino, and I'm not giving oh, anything you, away to say Lynch.
1: Y- young Pope is your top. Y- young, young Pope to, is my is number, number two. two.
2: Um, they're painters, you know, and, and you respond to it, For me, when they put something on the canvas, I am immediately emotionally riveted. And I understand that some people drop off. I do think The Young Pope was more rewarding um, all the way through. But it was just – it was sumptuous. It was maybe, just like – Maybe I a should feast. finish
1: it. I haven't finished it. So maybe you've you have convinced me. It's worth finishing. What did you I'll have number going. seven? Okay, number seven. The Handmaid's Tale. Man, are we up to – yeah, I guess uh, – yeah, number seven, The Handmaid's Tale. The um, reigning winner, Emmy winner. The reigning Emmy winner. Uh, great show. Reed Morano directed – the hell out of it um she's she's one of the ones or that show in general i mean elizabeth moss is brilliant in it um but that show in general was one of the ones where you know where we talked about competitive sure. that's one where oh, that's cool i think me and the and the entire crew of mr robot would just every week talk about it and just get so angry and then want to you know go home and cry anyway um it's so good it's great
2: Handmaid's Tale, Worthy, is not on my list. Just missed it. Would have made an expanded list. But it's a nice segue because Elizabeth Moss's other show is my number seven, Top of the Lake China Girl. I haven't seen it. On Sundance. I haven't
1: seen the first one either.
2: Oh, my goodness. Well, that's was my favorite show. My number one of 2013. I, I-, I just think that um, Jane Campion and Elizabeth Moss are doing things that other shows aren't interested in doing. This, this show is ostensibly the second in um, a series about, you know, procedural about a female police officer in the first one is in New Zealand. This one is back in Australia. Um, But this entire season was about motherhood in a way that was unsettling and profound and rewarding and confusing and oftentimes difficult to watch. There's a scene in the middle of this where the, the bad actor, I don't mean like performer, I mean like the person who acted badly towards Elizabeth Moss, ostensibly the villain of the first season, comes back for a short amount of time. And what happens in that scene is so shocking and so resonant, particularly in 2017, in a way that it, when I watched it, even before like the Weinstein News and everything else broke, it felt, I think some people complained about the scene. There's a shock of violence in it towards, towards women. It happens in a workplace. Mm-hmm. To feel it felt like a weather vane in a way. Hmm. To, I think about that scene often and it's not the violence of it that shocked me. It's the almost the, 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 the normalcy of it. That this hmm. happened in a room where work was supposed to be getting sure. done. And, you know, following up on Sam's point, Elizabeth Moss, if Ted Danson is the greatest television actor, I think Elizabeth Moss is our greatest television actress. Yeah. She, she is She's pretty flawless. Stunning in everything she yeah. does.
0: Uh, my number seven was Godless. I've talked a lot about it already on the pod, so I don't want to belabor it other than to say that, you know, it's one of those just real, we're lucky because. There is such a demand for shows right now that someone was like, "Why don't you make a nearly uh, like nine hour western?" You know, I think when you add up all the the running time minutes, in the middle of this show, it just becomes this. Uh, it, you really do feel. So thankful because what happens is Scott Frank could have very easily just kept adding characters and kept adding m- multiple storylines to the show and still probably tied them up by the end of the series, uh, and then this is the end of the series, obviously, because it's it's just a it's just a limited series. So
2: was Big Little Lies, my man. That's
0: true. That's true. <laughs> but instead, he goes deeper, and I think that that is often something that is. Um, confronts television shows is this question of width versus depth. Do you want to keep expanding the world and keep showing different parts and of it? Did you mind that? No, I loved it. I loved it. So
1: you love, I, I haven't seen it, yeah. but you loved the 30 minute.
0: I wanted to, I didn't mind horse training. I, lo- I loved it. If you like Westerns, you love it. If you like Westerns and you like the idea of watching Jack O'Connell take a teenage kid out for his first hunt and talk about like which trees you got to watch out for, for horses. Cause they might trip over the roots. Like that might be boring to some people. Can I ask
1: you a question? Were you on your phone while you were watching this? No.
2: Not at all? No.
0: No, thank blissfully. Like Untrue. I
2: th- he was texting me horse emojis.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just
2: nonstop.
0: Um, there is also, it has an un- incredible finale. And I, I don't want to give anything okay. away, but... Turns I, I they,
2: do want to check it out. They find God at the end. Don't want yeah, to spoil it, but the Wait, title I, is...
1: Before we go on, though, so do you, do you not have Handmaid's Tale? Or? I do not. I like. Wow. I really, really liked the beginning of the first
0: few episodes of Handmaid's Tale, and I felt like it fell off.
1: Can the I, say, of the season. I will say... I will say, so Handmaid's Tale was higher on my list, but the more I kept thinking yeah. about the last couple episodes, the more I kind of dropped it down, but
2: at the same time, I thought it was a, still a pretty groundbreaking show. I mean, they did some... I think it's a remarkable achievement. Some, I think there were things in it that I... I realized there were things in it that I didn't like and that the things that I did like were carrying it for me. Like, I could watch Elizabeth Moss do anything. The sort of, the way every episode, f- I think, felt the need to sort of... The pop s- song. pop song and yeah, you go, yeah. girl, and you got to watch another one cause, because it's dark. It's incredibly yeah, yeah. dark. And it felt like to me, and again, I don't, I, don't, um, I don't mean to judge this one way or another. It's actually probably a smart play, but it felt like there was a corporate hand on the back of it saying, let's hedge our bets a little bit. We're not right. sure if people are going to go on this journey with us, so we have to give them hope. And maybe you do, but it did feel like a note to me as opposed to a natural um, artistic choice in the beginning. I know nothing about how it was made. That's just, that's how it felt to me.
0: We're going to get to the top half of our lists, but first, a word from our sponsors. Today's episode of The Watch is brought to you by Zelle. Zelle is a new way to send money to your friends and family from your banking app. Cash is easy to lose and checks take a while to clear. But with Zelle, once you're enrolled, the money moves right between bank accounts and typically arrives in minutes. Pay your share of the cost of dad's gift. Request half the cost of the Christmas tree you bought with your roommate or pay the personal trainer you hired after Thanksgiving with ease. All thanks to Zelle. So easy to use and works with almost anyone with a bank account in the US. And don't worry, Zelle is safe and backed by major banks, which means you can send money confidently. Just go to ZellPay.com to learn more. That's Z E L L E P A Y.com. Zell, this is how money moves. All right, we're back. Sam Esmell is here with us. We're talking about our top 10 TV shows of the year. It is an emotional process, it is not mm. an objective, it is not comprehensive, but we're getting somewhere. deeply personal. Right,
1: yeah. We're yeah. learning things about each other that we, frankly, we some, don't like. Some of six. it, yeah, it doesn't feel very good. We're guys. at number six. I'll be Sam. honest. Okay, uh, six. All right, I'm up. Here we go. Master of None. Okay. Not oh, on my you're, list. G- you're giving me the look like it's I not like, on your I list. Like,
0: that's an honorable mention on, for me. Like it was not on my list, but it's an honorable
1: mention. How is that not on your list? I mean, to me, it's like in terms of just uh, comedies out there, it's up there with Atlanta for me. I mean, it's just beautifully made. Um, it's... Still really funny. And look, I didn't love necessarily uh, every single episode, but I think he, but I mean, his worst is still better than most of the stuff that's out there. I just think he's doing a a phenomenal, phenomenal job. And the Thanksgiving episode alone.
2: There there are moments also the New York I Love You episode. Oh, New York I Love You. Bobby
1: was great in it.
2: The second to last episode, it's like an hour long, the love letter to New York, the way he shoots New York in that episode. I think he's turned into a beautiful and brilliant director. It's real, It's up there. I think that it's not on my top 10. Again, it's so this,
1: humanist too. I mean, I, I really do think that, you know, there's this weird homework assignment that I think a lot of showrunners have that they got to hire diversity. Diversity mm-hmm. in the writer's room, diversity mm-hmm. in, in front of the camera. It's not a homework assignment to Aziz. He is so curious yes. in such a creative and interesting way about different points of views. And he does it through romanticism you know he does it through love and it's so it's so i don't know it's so thrilling for for me to watch i had a better new york show at number six
2: i just one master two, two two quick master of none points um My frustrations with it are very, very specific, and I think it maybe does the show as a whole, the project, a disservice to harp on them and ding it for that. One, the vision of of young people or youngish, like 29, 30-year-old people in New York as just slavishly devoted to incredibly fancy restaurants and their phones I find kind of dispiriting. Um, maybe that's well, that, just my that's, own sense of That was of world. like that. You're talking about like the first couple of episodes. Well, just, but in general, that's, the, you know, that, that is the vibe and you know, the, the way they talk about food and cocktails, it just, some it feels trifling to me, uh, even though I love food and cocktails and frankly, I'm very happy with my new phone. <laughs> um, so maybe i really need to turn the mirror around it myself. The other thing that I wish, and you know, I, I talked to Aziz, um, I did a, a screening Thing where I talked to him afterwards recently, and of course, the question that everyone wanted to ask was "When is season three coming?" And he's very upfront. There is no season three unless he decides there's a season three. Exactly. And I, I applaud that. Yeah. What I would, what I want, he said, I, I can't do a season three until I get married or have kids or have more life experience, right. which I appreciate because otherwise it would turn it's
0: very before sunrise of him.
2: But also maybe it would become even more trifling to use right. that word. But I, I leave those shows wanting more of him. I think that he is, and I, this is not just from having interviewed him. I think that he is. Rightly or wrongly, a guarded person, and yet he's making a show that is, in some ways, confessional or about his his love life or what he wants out of the world. Sometimes I feel I think he's hiding in plain sight on that show. Man, I think what about
1: we, the Michael Clayton ending? I mean, that's him.
2: That felt the ambiguity per- might be him. Yeah, maybe he shows it at the end there. But no. often I think that he's not quite there. Does that? Do you know what I'm talking about when I say this? Well, I just disagree. I do, but I completely disagree. With right. you. Uh, oh, wait, what were we on, number six? Yeah, it's number six. Well, my number six is going to be higher for you. We'll talk about it when we get to you, but it's Mindhunter.
0: Uh, okay. Um, my number six is Billions, which I think is a better New York show than Master of None. Tell uh, me why. So had a little bit of issues in its first season and became this kind of relentlessly paced uh, thriller, even though it was also about you know, guys going out and getting sushi and screaming at each other and maybe buying the New York Giants and all the stuff that you kind of want from like, what if you had billions of dollars and lived in New York City? Um, I didn't think that this show was going to have like a a second act. I didn't know what it could do in the second act. It's just got a kind of Ocean's 11, 12, 13, closer to 13, which is what Koppelman also worked on with uh, with his partner, David Levin, um, that was just... uh, so like in the zone of we're going to keep you on the edge of your seat on that sort of, you know, 70s New York crime thriller way. But there's also just a lot of like comedy in it. And it is a very, very, very funny show. Um, So I I had that six. And part of that was that that reason where you're like, yes, this is a pleasure to watch every Sunday.
1: So, uh, Sam, number five, number five. Game of Thrones. Not familiar with it. We well, have to talk about this. Yeah, so, I, I just discovered this during
2: our little commercial break there. So last year when we sat down, yeah. you, not for the first and not for the last time, successfully browbeat me into uh, admitting that it was an error. I did not have Game of Thrones on my list last year. That was a mistake. Right. It is not on my list this year. I stand
1: this, by is, this is, and It's on your list. It's not on my list. This is insane. This is insanity. Go for it. Look, I'm not saying, and, and you know, you want to... Obviously, there were flaws in the season, mm-hmm. but the I think you guys are I think the 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 measuring stick is wrong here. I mean, these guys, what Benioff and Weiss are doing, are off the charts, insane. They're delivering these big budget spectacles every hour, every week, and sure, give them give them some slack here. They're still, I think, operating on a incredibly high, not just. Uh, you know, not just from a production level, but a creative level, too. Yeah. I mean, things are like they, things are colliding. And, and I think and, 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 we'll probably and,
0: admit that we're like too close to it at this point. I mean, we, we spent a lot of time it. It would about be like it. Chris Collins. I mean, you guys like, were
1: so obsessed with it. And this is why this is shocking to me. Have you ever watched a show, uh, any of the other shows on your list? Have you watched it like this?
0: Well, that's part of the problem. Is that I don't want necessarily to be that boxed in by a show. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think that's well, not. I'm not,
1: I'm, I'm not talking about your work requirements, but wasn't well, it?
0: Well, no, it wasn't even a professional obligation thing as
1: much as it was. It uh, did not consume you in that I, sort of way. I think of this way was a, the year. a great this show. And I
0: also felt like because of the way that they sort of mapped out this season, it didn't even have. People, the, their their performances were steady on this season, but in past seasons, I feel like you had remarkable performances, and people had opportunities to really stretch out. And I feel like everybody was kind of boxed in by all this, these plot mechanics this season that you didn't really get that standout. Like, like I, La- Jamie Lannister should have had a standout season this year, and he got like 12 minutes a game I thought. You know, in terms of ba- in basketball terms. I just didn't think that they gave enough breathing room to the part of the show that's really it's lifeblood beyond the set pieces, which is like getting time with these characters.
2: I am going to give you an a, a comparison you both will hate equally. Game of Thrones is not on my list this year, neither is The Americans. Both have been on the list before and Probably I think both two are the most important shows to you The most important years. shows on television for sure. No, well to me. And I think it's important to note that often when we make these lists, we are ranking the shows not just against each other but about the best version of the shows that has existed before. And I think the Americans had a remarkably lackluster season. I think Game of Thrones had a generally lackluster season. But I think the comparison between them is made because both of them felt like they were throat clearing to some degree to the finale. And things that would have delivered the the dramatic punches that would have made sense, that would have felt uh, given it a sense of completion and a sense of, of a season were absent. I think that if we were doing a list of the best single episodes of the year, Master of None would be on there for me. A Handmaid's Tale would be on there. Game of Thrones, Loot Train Battle episode, top three. Absolutely. Without question.
1: Well, this is, this is why but this infuriates the season me. was
2: overall disappointing. And I think you were talking about the achievement of Benioff and Weiss and the production values are certainly as they've ever been in the performances. But I think that they the seams were no showing writing. a little bit this year. I, well, I don't think they're writing because I think there were too many shortcuts this year that were, I guess, necessary because they feel they need to end the show. But I did not have the emotional weight to counterbalance the action that I'd had, that we felt in the past. It set a very high bar.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I mean, you know, you know what I feel like? He, it's he's, no he's, sneaky peek. I, d- I also don't. Th- this is what, let right. me Let me just say this. Let me say this. You know, TV shows, ha- especially like shows like Game of Thrones, and especially if we're going to go into this more sort of in atmosphere where shows are going to come out to tell a one to tell a singular story, they're going to have seasons where they take those steps to setting absolutely. up absolutely setting up the next thing. That doesn't mean that because you don't have every answer, every payoff, every or, or everything kind of uh 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 kind of coming to a conclusion by the end of the season, that they've made a mistake. But don't
0: you think that the reason why this one of the reasons why this show is so unique was that they did
1: that they did what no that they had that season 5 season 5 which by the way was bemoaned every critic out there hated i loved it i thought it was great and it set up at, at season 6 and i and everyone then just went ape shit over season right. 6 season 6 would not have worked without season without 5 yeah. and i am telling you right now like you go back and revisit season 5 season 5 of game of thrones is a great season of television that uh, for what i mean one I'm saying overlooked, it wasn't really overlooked. The one, you know, best drama. I definitely wasn't trying to be controversial
0: by leaving it off. And it's it's not, it's in no way far off of 10. And and I'm not going to be.
1: What what you're going to do is you're going to love the final season. Mm -hmm. And you, and if we don't, well, I think you will. And then you're you're gonna realize that this season was you know obviously
2: necessary to okay, get to that. Okay, that's fair. But I also think that what you're suggesting is a slightly radical way of considering TV. It's different, right? And which maybe is in we the are. Context it's, of it's to the
1: appreciate the different stages of storytelling that these guys have to go through in telling, sure, so in telling that story. But that's story. like a
0: completely different criteria to, to, than for everything
2: to, else. To, to, to talk about this is why know. this is why we don't have 2007 in movies and TV because to talk about season, season seven of Game of Thrones and compare it to The Young Pope and Twin Peaks. And um, you know, one day at a time. A show I like that. That I don't know if you felt as strongly I have, about. I have not seen but it. But these are. It's not apples and oranges. I mean, this is this is this is apples and cannonballs. I just don't. I just. More
1: I, I just think there's got to be a way to appreciate when when a when a show changes gears. When there's the the, the gear shifts there. When it yeah. chases down. When it paces up. You, you know, there's got to be a way to also kind of see the forest through the t- trees a little bit. I just wonder. Because I think shows are going to get, I think people do have this punitive thing towards shows that don't deliver every, you know, every thing. What are you talking about, Sam?
2: <laughs> what, what, why just... I'm just saying. Just I theoretically, right? Theoretically.
0: theoretically. Um, number five for you, Eddie?
2: Number five is Glow on Netflix. I loved Glow. It's Glow's, not on my list, but I loved it. Glow was well, wonderful. I really wonderful. The, wonderful. I mean... Sunita the, was great. The performance, yes. As, L- late of Mr. Robot, yes, let's say. Yeah. Um, but Alison Bree's performance is incredible. Mark Maron is really, um, really Mark really, Maron is great, really Alison wonderful. Brie's great. Yeah. Um, but also, again, the 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 work of TV. I, I feel like I'm constantly like that I'm looking at this almost in a meta way. But to make us fall in love with an ensemble that big in such with such economy um, and tell a story that was funny and emotional and also serialized and propulsive episode to episode, it was just a great achievement.
1: Yeah
0: um my number five was good place we don't have to go over that yep. too much i would just say very quickly that we didn't get a chance to say about good place when you brought it up was i was not i would love to like when this is finally over go back and wonder is this a show that they should just put the 10 episodes up i you find it ser- search party style because good place is actually i mean we we're going through this hiatus and i and i i definitely think that good place benefits from some momentum whether it's Hey, it's on every week. I got it. But the five episodes and then, what, two months off or whatever but, it is, but, is, is a little bit tough.
2: But Good Place yeah. is a, a show being made in 2017, but seemingly made for 2020 or whatever, when it is all lined up in someone's content library. I mean, it, it, it's, the, sure. it's the economics of TV now, the way we're experiencing it week to week. The show has a much longer tail, and it will exist that way. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why it got a third season.
1: What's your number
0: four?
2: Fargo season three. Okay. And it's not going to be on either one of
1: anymore. Contentious. List. No. Did you did you guys watch it? Yes, every episode.
0: Yeah, I didn't. I
1: didn't like it. You you just flat out didn't like it.
0: I just I Fargo is maddening to me.
1: Oh, did you not like the other?
0: No, this season of Fargo was maddening to me okay. because I didn't understand why uh there's so much learned sort of it's harder to articulate this but basically like I, are, whether or not Fargo are these dis- discrete stories that are separate from one another or there is an undergirding of, of mythology to the stories there was something about Fargo that felt like the people who are watching Fargo love this show. Why are we starting from the beginning? And I don't mean that necessarily like you have to start from the beginning of a story as much as I felt like narrative wise it felt like we were going back rather than okay, you guys understand the language of this show. You guys understand the pacing of this show. So why do we have these three, four episodes of like building slowly to the crescendo of this thing? It felt like a retread more than I think people notice because it has different characters and it's like a nominally, it's like a different storyline. But it felt very much like a But that,
1: didn't season two and season one do the same thing the first few episodes and then it oh yeah
0: they, they started slowly and i think season season one was actually criticized because i think people were like this is really taking a long time to get out but this is the show that i was talking about when i was like i need this to get out of the blocks a little faster i don't need another shot of of a car going across a f- field of snow for 45 seconds i enjoy
1: it i enjoy it i enjoy the pace i get that it's slow but not everything needs to be fucking fast. Yeah, but I'm know. not
0: talking about the tempo as much as I'm talking about where are we going with this? What is this? Why is this did an you, addition did you to-
1: You followed through. You saw the last yeah. episode. You yeah. didn't think that ending was off the charts it was amazing? Cool. It was cool.
0: That last I, scene. I have scar tissue from the beginning of the season and just feeling like, let's yeah. go. Come on. But uh, that's uh, where it
2: was building uh, towards. Yeah. And I, I for me, that- I, I think this season, again, if we were doing episodes, the episode the where- um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character ends up um, in the bowling alley bar, oh. and Ray Wise is That's there. Amazing, astonishing, yeah, that was God, just I, incredible episode. One of the best episodes of TV of the year. I think the season was um, frustrating for me only because it was the very best of it, and then I think there were parts of it that were there were more challenging. And I, I think also that,
0: thought you and McGregor was poorly cast, and I I like really like you and McGregor. Like I really like yeah. a lot of you McGregor I, I, performances. And I, I, I thought that that was just. I
2: think that the show has worked. Masterfully, I think season two is a near-perfect season of television because it was the perfect cocktail of all of Noah's interests and his abilities all at once. And I think that, just to, just to, to boil it down to one thing, I think season three lacked Ted Danson. Not specifically that actor. Right. but I think that this was a chillier season of a show that is already cold. I think it didn't give us, and I'll just say it didn't give me... Um, the the warmer notes of humanity in there, you know, and and it, and I think it ultimately could have come down to casting, because I think Carrie Coon is one of our best actresses, bar none, but her performance in that show was frosty. And I and, really? and, and I, I totally not... disagree.
1: the L A. episode. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think that, that was anything but frosty. I, I don't know how you say that after watching that episode. We are we are nitpicking here because ranching.
2: this is not this is not in my bottom ten. Like it's right. not like I didn't like it. Right. But for me, again. I'm judging these. I'm realizing as we talk about it. I often am judging these shows against prior successes, and for me, it didn't quite get it. But it doesn't mean it's you know the th- the nature of these anthology shows is you get you, you get another hopefully you get another turn. Is at it?
1: Bat. But can I? I I know I know like you know we're we're getting down there, but I do want to ask this. Is, is this is this any sort of going back to your sort of second like lack of newness? Is, is that part of it? Is that, is that it's the third year of this show? No, not at all. I not mean, not at they,
0: all. Th- there was something about, um, you know, I, I, this is a whole other conversation. Because if this but was I, the I, first season of I Fargo. I felt like the first two seasons were actually had like a deeply human quality. And there was something about mm-hmm. this third season that felt a little bit more like watch these rubes screw up their life. And I and I just didn't didn't connect with it. Right. Um, and I think that that might just be like really mild tonal things and performances that that I'm reacting to on like a more molecular level. But for some reason this season I just was like I'm just not but, I'm not, also, I'm not feeling the show. And
2: I say this and I'm you know I'm trying not to talk about it. But I, you know the the exuberance that was in some of Legion, um, Noah clearly wants to do that. And then he is I don't want to say he's hamstrung, but he's you know he's making a show in this color palette in this emotional palette on right. Fargo and. Sometimes I wish that it could thaw. But it's the nature of the show, and that's why you make other ones. And maybe you will have another, you know, he'll try it again and it'll be a different combination of influences and experiences.
1: What
0: do you have for number four?
2: Is um, it me? Yeah. I just did Fargo. So, so
0: it's Fargo, what do you have for number four? The
1: Deuce. The Deuce. How could we not have I, talked about the now, Deuce yet? I haven't seen the Deuce. I should have I should have I should have done that. Wow.
2: Whatsoever. You were into I thought you were into it. You haven't started it?
1: I I saw I saw the first episode and I loved it. Yeah. And then I haven't I haven't
2: gone back yet. We've talked about it a lot, so we don't need to dwell on it. I just think The Deuce was a total triumph. Yeah. I think that I it, mean, it- Yeah, it, it was amazing from what I saw. We're talking about getting out of the blocks. This show didn't reveal like a classic Simon or Simon Pelicano show. It didn't say what it was or what it was going to be out of the first two, but boy, I wanted to be there for Are it. you a Treme? Are you... Treme I had a hard time with. Really? I had a really hard time with Treme, but this one, I just love it. I, I think the performances, I think James Franco's performance is truly great. Um, and as we said, when we talked about the show, um, episodically, I think it was too short. I think that, you know, for whatever reason, they got eight episodes per season. It's gotta be, it can't be a cheap show to make. But I didn't, I just, it's rare in 2017 to watch a season of a show and feel like I really wished I had more. It was really rewarding and really entertaining.
0: Number four was the, for me, was the most surprising watch I had this year, which was American Vandal.
2: I thought the most surprising watch was when I told you I watched Ozark. That was the most surprising (laughs) moment of my life. This
0: is the most surprising watch I had this year. Started the show with like next to zero expectations because of a hotel mix up in Portugal. And I was just kind of like, we were screwed. We were at the top. Very very top of Lisbon, and like we couldn't get down because it was like the traffic was too bad. So we were like kind of stuck in this hotel room with nothing to do. And I had seen a couple of tweets about this show, but I was like, oh, I guess let's give it a shot. It is hysterical. First of all, it's a for people who don't know. In case you don't, know, it's basically a combination of serial um, and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. It's about two kids making a documentary about who spray-painted dicks onto the hoods of uh all the teachers cars in the teachers parking lot and it winds up taking what is essentially like a that's the elevator pitch and the pursuit of this sh- of this idea and the uh the amount of humor they are able to mine from it is like truly stunning and also it's like a a fake doc that actually commits to the bit in a on a level that's really really funny it was heartfelt but it's also
2: really a, an amusing show do you want to take a chance on saying who drew the dicks in Portuguese? Like I've just called up for you.
0: <laughs> I can't. My Portuguese is a little rusty. it's yeah, so not right, as good fair, as my
2: Irish. Fair. Sam, what's I, haven't,
1: your, I haven't seen American Vandal, so uh, God, have I, I have a lot to catch up on. Number three. Well, uh, I know it's going to be on your list. Mm-hmm. I assume it'll be on your list. The, the leftovers. It's not
0: on my list, but like I just want to say, we're getting into wow. a little whoa, bit of whoa, like whoa, stuff whoa, not being whoa, on lists whoa, as being whoa, like whoa, punitive, whoa, and it's whoa, not punitive.
2: Whoa, whoa, no, this whoa, one is punitive. Okay, this one we are feeling punitive towards you. Because listen, how is look, it not look, on? They, came, I don't, I don't, they I, came for Game of Thrones, and I, I let it be. Right? That's wait, that's fine. So they, they, no they, Game of Thrones,
1: but, no of Yeah, <sighs> but Sneaky Pete. Yeah, I'm just saying. You want to? I, I think me, you man. have to explain the left. What what? You just didn't dig it? I mean, I don't no, get it. No, I
0: dug it. I mean, look, it, it was uh,
1: t- t- a talk, felt talk,
0: a little bit us, more like a coda than a season. To me.
2: To me. Sam, let's talk positively. Let's let's leave. Let's assume Chris was taken in October of whatever year it was.
1: I mean, what is there to say about leftovers that hasn't been written about out there? It's creative it's emotional it's the performances are riveting the filmmaking is amazing it's surreal it's weird in the in the most unexpected surprising ways and it ends on
2: such a really graceful it's stuck a landing i'm appalled there's a there's a lot of television that gives us a lot of different emotions right now we are very lucky it's a fortunate time to have so many shows sure but Chris, um, but, this, this is, is wrong. This but, is, but, but, but what I this would is, say is, uh, this is objectively but, but, but a wrong
1: thing for you to do. Maybe what right I am now.
2: chasing here, and this is why we've gone from four to three. So my top three are are separated. Yeah. These are shows that with artistic audacity that just made me levitate. Like when I'm watching The Leftovers, and I try to break it down into its into its into its attendant pieces. Like so we want to have an episode that's focused on Chris Eccleston's character. We want to have an episode, okay, and we're going to set it on a sex party boat, and there's going to be a a parable about a lion, and someone's going to say he's God. And if you add these things, it does feel like Writer's Room Madly. Yeah, it sounds a a little bit
1: like the back of a John Irving
2: book. It's a little bit, that's actually true too. But it's also about like daring yourself, but then to pull it off. That, and
1: that's the thing. Me, I agree. About, if it didn't work, sure. man, what a mess!
0: Like, just because it's not on my top ten is not like I've been silently seething over the left. Like, can I, I ask like, you I a I really question? Because
1: sure. again, okay. this just goes back. To, this goes back to your criteria here. Okay. Do you not value it as much? If a show is trying things or experimenting, or you know, or is that not like high on your priority no, list? When it comes, I, I th- I'm asking. I'm sincerely two, asking. I, th- I think my top two covers those. To, okay. To trying stuff.
2: I, yeah, I, we'll, 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 well, well, and actually,
1: you—you uh, know—you didn't you have Young Pope on yours? I did. Well, there, you know, yeah, I, I, I was I, totally way off base. I I would was, I was just was trying like, to shame you. I, I was if you just trying to shame you. Three I'll be weeks honest. ago,
0: if you would ask me tomorrow, like I think that there's a lot of variants that could have happened in my. S- <laughs> 7 through 10, 6 through 10, that would have meant I, Leftovers isn't there. It was not at all like Leftovers is somehow way worse than Sneaky Pete. In fact, I was probably trying to be like, let's get a lot of shows in this I, top 10 and like talk I, about a lot of different things here. I,
2: I, I, I wish there wasn't this much separation because what I worry about with Leftovers Gone and it ended perfectly, and I but I miss it, is that, again, the audacity of, of trying to find emotional truths and emotional storytelling the way they did. I I hope that it is not just because Damon Lindelof has the clout to pull it off, that he was able to get HBO Mm -hmm. to pay for it, to get this cast, to get an exceptional writer's room and Mimi Leader directing it. I would like to see more of that ambition in the sneaky pizza of the world and the smaller shows. We don't need the sex party boat necessarily, but... And you don't even need Carrie Coon, although it's great if you have her. But the show spoke to a, a, a trend, a, a type of storytelling that I hope. See, to
1: me, no, I, I I reject it on this count. I think everybody should have that ambition. Yes, yes I, no, I, that,
2: that's what I'm. Oh, that, that, is that what point. you're saying?
1: I was saying, uh, okay. I yes. hope that it's
2: not just those people who are you having are access have to, to sit Carrie Coon. A lot to have, of
0: bad Twin Peaks ripoffs. If you keep wishing for this, <laughs> I I w-
1: will happily do so. Yeah. You know, honestly, and the, the thing is, it's not about being a ripoff. It's just about you know really really kind of crossing the line when it comes to what kind of story you I want really to tell i really
0: like walls and i like boundaries and i like thinking like how do you make the best what do you do within this format what do well, you do within so this so
1: you're thing? about you're about and this, and this is this is how i feel about better call saul right they execute yeah. and they execute on a high level i don't know if it's i mean and actually too, i, I will say I, so I some still, of I some think of think it I, is actually really daring. And i think
0: i have a little bit of of scar tissue of TV movie blurring stuff where there I I think that if you guys saw the movies that I watch and if you guys and my, my top ten movies list is relatively what's your number one
1: on your of, movie of list? movies of the year Lady yeah. Bird yeah I love Lady Bird yeah,
0: I mean but um my top it's five fan the thread on there I haven't I'm seeing it there I haven't seen it yet um the it's it's I'm I'm way more prepared I feel like when I'm in a theater to just say take me wherever you want to yeah, take sure. me yeah sure sometimes it's, it's a different relationship. and I think that there's a lot of TV happens in a in a in a an environment in which there's a lot of other stuff happening, you know and and some it has nothing to this isn't really even about leftovers, but ambition within television, I still think has to take into account what television is, which is a thing that happens largely at home and at home like there is a communal aspect to watching it with other people in your house there is an environmental aspect of like what kind of day has it been what kind of day are you having tomorrow like there is not that the like, complete like you go into like a deprivation chamber when you watch a movie and i think sometimes that has a little bit of an impact about what i want
1: but i think but see to me, that that's a weird thing to to hear because at the end of the day i think you know, I I don't watch TV. You know the the whole comfort thing, the whole watching TV yeah. to just like whatever, zone right. out. Like that's the Vanderpump Rules thing I was talking yeah. about. Yeah. But that's not what I think we should be striving for. It's that's not, at not all. what these guys should be and women should be going out making shows for the people that are going to be on their phones while they're watching absolutely it. Absolutely
0: not, but I, will, should, I don't look at my phone when I'm the watching They should It should be the deprivation Pete, chamber. I, I'm not I don't look I at don't my phone. When get, I watch billions.
2: I don't want to step in the middle of a conversation about the purpose of art. But I do think that Sam's personal assistant is stalking us now, okay. like Mr. C <laughs> okay. in Twin Peaks right. The Return, and we should give some time to talk we about the biggest shows of the year. We should have back, and we'll, we'll,
0: just, we'll do yeah, this Yeah, we, we have to do this. Okay, so number three for you was... It was Leftovers, Leftovers. leftovers. leftovers Ozark.
2: Yeah, we got to talk about Ozark quickly. Yeah. I mean, it's not on my list because I only started. Well, what's I your number three? It, it was Leftovers. It was the same oh, as you. oh, Leftovers, but go ahead. You want, you want to do your Ozark bit, or does everyone know?
0: I think, I've, I mean, I've screamed and shouted about this show a lot. I thought it was actually sneakily very very subversive in terms of how we think about protagonists and and the heroes of shows in a way that i haven't really been confronted with i thought that the slow boil of walter white going from mm-hmm. what it was the mr chips to scarface yep. or whatever it was the tagline for that that he starts out essentially as scarface's accountant and you're like right there in that moral moment with him um and the amount of stuff that they did in terms of like most shows should spend two episodes talking about something like this. Most shows should be building up to this moment for half a season. We're gonna do this in the first thirty minutes. and we're gonna be like incredibly candid with each other as terms, in terms of characters, and you know, I mean, I, I, I don't want to like belabor Ozark. I think we've been talking about it a lot, but like, I'm not. I, I don't ironically like their show. Like, I actually thought it was just excellent, and it also was. It felt different than other shows. I think there's a little bit of a sameness to the to the look of some shows and a lot of it had to do with the setting, but I just really was like never sure where this show was going. And I thought that it was, it was gripping.
1: I will say that the, the, I think it's episode seven kaleidoscope. One of my favorite episodes of TV of the
2: year. Awesome. Just, just well made. We have two well shows to talk about. Yeah. No Left, I think we all agree. We're excellent. Um,
1: Oh and so we it's basically the same two shows well, for all of us. Yeah,
2: so. my no I mean uh, maybe, maybe
1: the order is different.
2: My, oh. my 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 top two are The Young Pope at 2.
1: Oh, that's right. We but talked about. Your did number you two is, did, did you not my number 2 is Mindhunter which my is My number
0: 1 is Mindhunter, my number 2 is Twin Peaks.
1: And you you don't have Mindhunter? Oh, Oh, six. We just moved oh, past young, you moved I past. I
2: love Mindhunter.
1: Okay. I love um, it. Um well, I mean Mindhunter is I mean it's it's kind of like a kind of pointless for me to talk about because I'm such a f- Fincher fanboy, but uh, he's, you know, it's, 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 it's well made in a, in a, in the classic seventies film crime noir sense, but it's also just, ve- uh, it's very present. It's very new. It still feels very thrilling. And Jonathan Groff. delivers. Yeah, can is, you
2: talk about that performance as a director? I mean, it's, well, I mean, I, you know, because we had him on the podcast before I saw the last three episodes, which is which the last three episodes of Mindhunter go masterpiece, 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 and his performance in them is one of the great reasons why,
0: including the all time like Zeppelin drop of any
2: and like, all time televised panic greatest attack.
0: use of Zeppelin in any piece of pop culture, I think.
1: the the, the weird Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I mean, the weird thing about Groff is the we the the thing he plays, the subtext he plays yes. is that he's like one of these guys. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't play that at all. Mm-hmm. He plays the exact, he plays mm-hmm. this nerdy, vulnerable, almost the exact opposite of these guys. And yet I sense, oh no, that's my assistant calling. By the way. Um, I sense, oh no, that uh, there is something a little off about Groff, but he doesn't, he hides it in a way that a person like that would that hide That
0: character it. starts out and he has the, oh, I want to move up in the FBI. I have ambition. You know, I have this sort of American... Wide-eyed myth.
1: and, yeah.
0: And then it turns out that the thing that he's actually interested in is deviance. And he's interested in creating a new language for why these inexplicable things happen. And then the greed comes back. And then the ambition mm-hmm. comes back. And his desire to be... Co- like, he's covetous of credit for all the things that people are starting to say oh yeah i guess you're kind of right about that he's like no but like we have to do it my way we have to understand these guys my way i'm weirdly protective of these awful awful people because i want them to be understood through but my lens and it's, it's all about this idea of like how do how you use language to describe something and how you talk about something the show's about is talking, what yeah. defines it's reality
2: let's also just say pure servicey podcasting right now this show if you've resisted watching mindhunter on netflix it is not what you think it is almost guaranteed it is not what you think it is it is not a, it is not a murder it is not mystery. a gory show it's not a murder mystery yeah it is deeply subversive in what it is it is a terrific watch it is entertaining well, it how is would you ripping. even describe like a workplace
1: drama? i mean it's kind almost of.
2: Oh, it's almost but that here's the other thing about it i am so excited for a second season and generally too, yeah. i have sort of lost oh, yeah. that that muscle where I'm like, I need it now, I want the next right. thing. Or even, I. I, I just the season ends, let's let people figure it out and maybe I'll be excited again and I'll start over. This one left me at a point where I actually have a sense of where it could go, what it could be, and that's, that is thrilling. So, incredible show.
0: You've been on before to talk about Twin Peaks a bit. Uh, I think that we all, I, you know, I, I, I would say that if they just had a shot of a coffee cup for the other 17 <laughs> hours or whatever, and they just had episode eight. I, I still think, I, I I don't think I'll ever forget watching episode eight. I don't think that I will, you know, ever forget, like, where, like, you know, what my living room looked like that night, the way I felt afterwards. Um, I think it's underrated at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think yeah. we actually were able to process it. You know, it's its placement in the season is sort of strange when you think about it, because I think traditionally that should be kind of like closer to the end, but the highs of this show are unlike anything I've ever
1: seen. Well, I, the one word I always use to, do, and I, and I, I don't just say this about episode eight, uh the whole series, it, it's just transformative. It, it takes you somewhere that you didn't know was in you. You didn't know your imagination could go and it unlocks something about mystery. And th- you know, this is the one thing like where, I was confused with the young pope, and I wasn't tethered. Again, t- Twin Peaks. I oftentimes did not know narratively where mm-hmm. what was going on or what was happening, but there was just a sense of wonder and mystery at every turn that I was excited. I was exci- and that 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 alone, that balance alone of not knowing but wanting to know mm-hmm. every single time, every scene from scene to scene and from episode to episode. Um, just blew me away. It's just, it's such a, a sensation that I don't. I, I mean, I cannot remember the last time I've gotten from a movie or a TV show. I mean, uh, and, but it is a TV show. It is. It is a TV yeah. show. It is not a movie. No, and it's it, great. It, it is. It is a. It will one of the best seasons of television
2: ever. Talk about subjectivity. Twin Peaks was the most important show I ever watched when I was a kid. It transformed what I thought about art. It transformed what I thought about television. It made me a super fan, and it taught me about. Um, dissatisfaction because it left me hanging. And it forced me to reckon with that strange feeling of I want more of the show, but I'm not going to get it. And I have to learn to live with what I was given as sufficient. You know, I learned to have my relationship to the show was changed by the way it left me. And then to have it come back and have one of the central points of the show to be about the time passing, about loss, Mm -hmm. about learning to live with that unsettling feeling that isn't just a show you like when you're 14 going away, it's about getting older and about life. It spoke to me in a very profound emotional level, even while it was engaging me on a visual, artistic, comedic, um, often scary level. I, I, I think it is a total triumph and I know people who tried to watch it and they don't get it or they can't sink themselves it's to it. I, I I get that some people feel sure. that way, but I cannot say enough that this isn't a bit that that I or the, that that we like it. That other critics and like it.
1: Honestly, it's upsetting to me when I hear that. Yeah, it's upsetting to me because it 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 it's it, you know I knew when it started airing and I could tell nobody on set was. Wanting to talk to me about it, every mindset, yeah, yeah, not even, on, yeah, not even on my set. I felt, I felt like I was a little alienated there. I'll be honest, it was like one of those things. I, I kind of, I kind of just, and I knew I had, like, I anticipated that, like, as a, you know, it wasn't probably going to get on the awards circuit or whatever. Um, but I, I do think that if you have the patience, if you just give it a t- time and not expect. Answers or, uh, or or anything that you get from any other TV show, and just kind of just let let yourself. Go into a deprivation chamber. Uh, yeah. Don't the, the, don't the, be on your phone. Don't be in an environment where people are walking around. You have to watch it almost in solitude, like in that opening the, episode. Yeah. You know, it has to be you it's on you in the box. Ca- and you in and, the box.
2: It's also um, important to know. I think you'll enjoy it, and I think I hope people check out um, the podcast, Sam, that you did on the Talk House podcast with, with co creator yeah. Mark Frost. Because this really gets into this as well. This show, to me, was just suffused not just with weirdness for weirdness' sake. It is emotional and it is kind Absolutely. and it is generous. And if you watch the first two seasons of Twin Peaks, there is resolution here for a lot of the 100%. will they or won't they or what's that relationship actually mean or what ended up, how did that person end up. It's there. And not only is it there, there's this kindness towards the characters even as they go through this bizarre journey. There is a tenderness to them that I think is under, underappreciated in Lynch's work. And in your interview with Mark Frost, they talk about how for them it made sense. They worked hard to make it sure. make sense. And then the art, then, then the art comes in. Yeah. And, I, and I really respect that. And I – it'll be interesting to see the influence it has on TV not in terms of like weak imitators but,
0: but people it. feeling like the that they have the green light to try stuff and then we came to the end of I, another what was year this like podcast. three hours how long it
2: really, was, it was I, three I, hours you may the be in trouble chapters. I think I've entire... disappeared
0: and come back <laughs> yeah. uh, thank you to Sam Asmel as always for his generosity with his time uh, Sam
1: what's your favorite U2 album <laughs> it's gotta be is it Octung Baby yeah, is that the one that's the right one It's the, one? One. That's, that's one.
0: the leftovers yeah. of the U2 catalog Andy uh, Andy Greenwald See
2: you soon. See you next year. Right? All right, guys. All right, you. guys.
0: Today's episode of The Watch brought to you by Hotel Tonight, an awesome app for finding and booking great deals at great hotels. No crashing on air mattresses in your childhood bedroom this year. Instead, lock down your holiday plans with Hotel Tonight. Book up to seven days in advance everywhere and up to 100 days in advance in certain major cities or wait until the last minute if that is more your speed. You can make a break for it when Uncle Tony starts talking politics. Whether you need a room for tonight, the holidays, or beyond, you definitely want to download the Hotel Tonight app. Today's episode of The Watch was also brought to you by Zelle. Cash is easy to lose and checks take a while to clear. Thankfully, there is Zelle, a new way to send money to your friends and family from your banking app. Once you're enrolled, the money moves right between almost any U.S. bank accounts. and typically arrives in minutes. Plus, it's backed by major banks, which means you can send money more confidently. Just go to ZellePay.com to learn more. That's Z-E-L-L-E-P-A-Y.com. Zelle, this is how money moves.